Hello lovelies and welcome back to the podcast. Today I want to introduce you to Jill Wright. Jill is a mindset mentor, time management guru, and alignment coach for moms who are looking to reconnect to the version of themselves that doesn't just go by the name mom. Jill is familiar with what we talk about here. She experienced postpartum depression and anxiety, as well as adrenal burnout as she started her journey of motherhood and entrepreneurship. She also has a unique perspective of caring for her mom with chronic illness, which we touched on a bit. She says, even though our external circumstances are often out of our control, hello COVID and toddlers, we can be empowered to reclaim our joy and find the confidence to go for our dreams. And I just really love and appreciate that. As a hopeful future mom myself, it was really awesome to get to talk with Jill about that transition. And I mean, she didn't even really get the transition. She's grew up helping her mom out at home and then became a mother herself. Um, But a lot of women experience this shift between going from motherhood to caring for aging parents. So getting to talk to Jill about her experience with that and just get some tips from her was really awesome to think about the future. Um, There's a statistic going around or a bunch of statistics going around kind of shedding the light on how much more time women spend on domestic activities and caring for children and parents and taking time off work versus men. The Pew Research Center has an article and a little study on what Americans say about women versus men working in the relationship. And very few Americans say full-time working moms are ideal for young children, um, which is just, you know, contradictory to a lot of beliefs like that we want to have and that it should be like perfectly fine for men or women to take care of the children but it's just really interesting to see the gender stereotypes that are maybe more prevalent in the United States versus other countries and so a lot of people say the ideal situation for young children is having a mother who is, and then the answers were 16% working full-time, 42% working part-time, and 33% not working at all, versus men, it was just 70% working full-time, 20% working part-time, and 4% not working at all. So, and that is just what people believe in the United States, which is just really interesting, but then the study goes on to talk about how mothers more than fathers experience career interruptions with reduced work hours, taking significant amount of time off to care for the family, quitting their job, turning down a promotion. And women or mothers scored way higher than the fathers in all of these categories, which is just really interesting to see that women are the first line of defense for caring for the family, which is something that for personally, I think this just varies a lot in person to person. I can see myself doing that as we get older, but also I think that that means that we need to have more support for whoever it is, whether it's the father or the mother staying at home with the kids and have more chats and talks about how to navigate that experience. So 
I hope that if you find yourself in this situation or looking towards the future, if you maybe have a chronic illness, finding some tips in this conversation to create balance in life. And I really love how I've had a couple of conversations with people for the podcast this week and the overarching theme between all of them has been balance which is just really interesting to me and how we need to find balance in life in order to have a healthy and happy lifestyle so without further ado welcome jill and i hope that you all enjoy this podcast and conversation as much as i did Hello, hello, lovely people, and welcome to the Lovely Digest podcast. I'm your host and friend, Emily, founder and creative director at Bet Creative, sharing weekly wellness wisdom with you every Wednesday. My goal is to help you design your dream life and make the transition from being in information overload to being your own personal success story. Make sure to subscribe to get notifications every time a new episode comes out so you don't miss the latest simple and actionable tips for improving your well-being. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Before I dive into all my questions, would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks so much. My name is Jill. I am um, a coach and an author and a writer and a speaker. And what my work primarily focuses on is helping moms take control of their mindset. Because when you become a mom, you kind of lose who you are a little bit. It happens universally. I see it with so many people. And so I've kind of figured out a couple tips and tricks and tactics. I, um, I found really worked for me and the women that I work with. And so I'm kind of on this mission to share that knowledge because we're not taught, you know, all these things that are so important to, to getting through these transitional years. Right. And you mentioned also that you've had experience with taking care of your mom and helping her out with her chronic illness. And Mm -hmm. one thing that I wanted to ask first was, I feel like a lot of people with chronic illness worry that they're a burden. And I was just wondering if you could share a little bit about your experience and some things you did to maintain your own well-being and just a little bit about that. Yeah, for sure. So my mom has um, chronic migraines that keep her in bed about 17 days a month on average. And um, she also struggles with um, some mental illnesses as well. And so we, um, we kind of work through it as a team, if you will, it's a lot easier now that I'm, uh, grown and I can understand a little bit better because I suffer from anxiety and depression as well. Um, but to, to be able to take the caregiver role for someone who took care of you your whole life Mm -hmm. is a really beautiful and difficult thing. But also compounded because now I'm a mom and I am sort of in that sandwich layer now, like I'm the middle of the sandwich. And so it's so interesting to see um, my eyes are being opened as I help her um, about how she would have felt as the mom trying to care for a child where she was so um, incapacitated a lot of the time. Mm. Yeah, that must be a lot of work to, you know, balance all 
like yourself, your children, and your mom. And I find, and I've heard that it's just a lot, I forget what the statistic is, but a lot of women are the ones to step up to the plate and put their careers on hold in order to take care of their parents. And you go from taking care of children to taking care of parents. So um, what are maybe a few tips that you have um, for women that are maybe find themselves in the same position or are going from raising children to taking care of parents? Yeah. I mean, first and foremost is to try to carve some time for you. It seems counterintuitive because you're trying to get to all the things for the other people. Like your list feels so long and your plate feels so full, but the way really to get a handle on that is to pause and make sure that you've done something for yourself. It doesn't have to be necessarily every day, right? That's it seems so small, but it's unrealistic for many of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like to do once a week. Um, I do like a paper calendar, like an agenda. I'm super old school. And I put <laughs> in a different color pen, whatever I'm doing for me that week. And if I don't see that color pen in my in my week, I have to stop and think like, okay, where do I have you know an hour to meet a girlfriend for coffee? Or how can I carve out 20 minutes to read a book that I'm interested in just for me this week or whatever the thing is, Where, when can I go buy myself a bouquet of flowers at the farmer's market? It doesn't have to be big things, but finding those little moments to remember who you are outside of all of the caretaking mm-hmm. is going to be what sustains you through um, the overwhelm. Mm, I love that. It feels so creative having the different colored pens. (laughs) Yeah. And it's visual too, right? Because so many of us are like, oh yes, I'm going to do that. For sure. I'm going to get a massage. Yes, absolutely. Even though I've postponed it 10 times, I'm going to get together with that girlfriend. I'm going to do it. But we bail on ourselves all the time. And it's like, if you see it in your agenda, um, first of all, you'll pick it up because it's a different color. But second of all, like it feels like an appointment that you've made and you're not going to cancel on like a real appointment that you've made. Right. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to cancel on yourself just like you wouldn't cancel on someone else. Like you have to hold yourself to the same standard that you hold other people like in your mind to where you want to show up for them, show up for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit about, you talk about the concepts of alignment and personal power um, and how, could you explain to us how these can be harnessed to help women to better prioritize themselves and put themselves at, at a higher level? Or at least in the picture somewhere, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, for me, finding alignment with who you are is um, really turning in. And so we forget with the noise of what's happening around us and our external circumstances. It's so busy and it's so noisy. No matter who you are, if you live now, your world is busy and noisy. And we kind of lost that inner voice, you know? And so um, I teach people how to get quiet in their mind and in their surrounding if they can and really um, listen to what their heart has to say because we all have this sort of inner compass, inner Uh, knowing and some people call it like intuition or the soul or like whatever it's the same thing no matter what you call it we all have this essence of who we are at the core Mm. and if we can get good at or at least practice or at least want to tune into that and remember how that feels that can be a guiding light as you go forward through all of the decisions you have to make in a day but also Um, to anchor you in when you're stressed out or when you feel overwhelmed, 
to help you make decisions on what you want to take on and what you might have to say no to. Um, and I find it personally really helpful in developing boundaries because boundaries are a sticky thing, right? We're, we're, um, I think we're off put by them often because it's going to hurt someone's feelings. Like that's kind of the nature of a boundary, right? Like you set it and somebody else is kind of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're, they're put out a little bit. <laughs> and so if you can remember why you're creating that boundary for yourself, whether it's like, I cannot rush to go and save someone in the evening. Like I need to be, if it's past eight o'clock, like they're going to have to wait till tomorrow. Right. Or whether it's no, you know, I just don't bake cupcakes for the kids school. Like I just don't, I'll buy them, but I'm not going to bake them. Right. Like whatever the boundary is, if you know, and if you can connect to what's right for you and what your values are, Mm -hmm. you're going to stay in alignment throughout the day and everything that you do. A few months after I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, I knew I had to take drastic measures to take back my health and well-being. I wanted to make sure I was living the healthiest life I could be before adding medication into the mix. I also knew I needed a program that would hold me accountable while also teaching me everything I wanted to learn about, from nutrition and fitness to finances, meditation, feng shui for my home, and other alternative practices I was so interested in but knew nothing about or how to incorporate them into my life. I had one friend, then two, then three, until several people had told me about the Institute of Integrated Nutrition. It was so odd how I kept hearing about it, so I looked up and it literally checked off all the boxes of what I was looking for. While IIN's program is called the Health Coach Training Program, I signed up with the intent to learn just for myself. Well, here we are a few years later, and while I haven't become a practicing health coach with clients, I found my niche for my design business, wellness. I got my first few clients through IIN, made lifelong friends, started the Lovely Digest, shared my story, and most importantly, learned how to live a whole, healthy, and authentic-to-me lifestyle. Soon after graduating the program, I went into remission and completely healed my intestines. My doctor was so thrilled, and all the nurses cheered me on coming out of that colonoscopy. I cannot recommend the program enough. Naturally, I've become an ambassador for IIN and have a code below if you're interested. I do get a commission, but truly cannot recommend the program enough. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out on Instagram at lovelydigest or by email lovelydigest at gmail.com. They've recently redone the entire program and it looks incredible. They've added in teachers such as Melissa Wood Health, Zach Bush, my personal favorite doctor on the planet. I use his supplements for me and my cat Luna and just love listening to his podcasts. Deepak Chopra, Mark Groves, Michelle Maldonado, and so many more. If you're interested in taking a free class and getting an inside look at IIN, just follow the link in the show notes below. What would you say to like a friend or someone who feels like they have to do everything and I mean, I'm one of those people that I'm like, oh, well, I do have like technically this little bit of time, 
where maybe I haven't filled it or I was planning on doing something more like fun for myself. So like, I feel like I actually have the time, but maybe I shouldn't, maybe I'm stretching myself thin. Like, what would you say to that person who feels like they should prioritize someone else over them? Uh, well, two things, I think. The first one that comes to mind is like, it's okay to ask for help with things to at least create those pockets of time, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then once you have those pockets of time, I think just walking away from the guilt associated with it, because what we do, the reason that we feel the guilt is that we're comparing, right? We're comparing to what we think we should do. And that is often a result of what our environment has told us, what our past history has told us, what our friends and family, well-meaning, have told us is acceptable uses of time or behaviors or um, ways to spend your money or whatever it is. We have these constructs that we've learned that we've accepted as sort of what's right and what's wrong, what's good and what's bad. And taking time to ourselves is bad. It's not good. It's not something we should should do. Um, And so if we're comparing against those stories that we have, we're going to feel guilty when we do it, even though it feels good to do it. Um, And the other piece of the puzzle is we shouldn't compare and so much easier said than done, but we shouldn't compare to what we're seeing online, right? If Mm -hmm. we're, I was talking about this the other day on a podcast, it's two extremes, right? Especially for moms, you see the moms who are like, everything is Pinterest and it's beautiful and they seem really happy and you see the highlight. But then you also see the martyr mom who's like disheveled and she's complaining because it's so hard and it's real and it's raw, right? And no matter which mom you compare to, you're like, I'm just in the middle. Like, where should I be, right? Should I take time to myself or is that bad? Um, So I think just understanding that if you can release, if you can rewrite the story about taking time for yourself and view it instead of like a a guilty thing as a as a necessary way to fill up your cup so that you can show up better for others that's a really good reframe i'm all mm-hmm. about like reframes and mindset shifts because i want to make sure that women specifically are able to take that time for themselves first of all make the time and then take the time you know mm-hmm. without feeling guilty it's hard it is really hard. Yeah. I mean, I don't have children and I'm not taking care of my parents just yet, but sometimes I feel myself like sacrificing for my friends already. And like, I feel like I need to get ahead of that before I find myself in the position as a caretaker and start getting those practices. And now, um, what is a tip that you would have for someone like me, maybe who um, has a chronic illness or maybe doesn't, but tends to self-sacrifice. And um, I mean, I guess it's a little bit different than maybe having kids, but maybe not. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's all it, it all boils down to your personal boundaries, right? And knowing what's a hell yes and what's a hell no. And, and that's something that I keep um, top of mind for myself. And it, if it's not like a hell yes, if it's not something that you're excited about doing, then make it a no. And just start there, right? Um, Because if you can start getting into the practice and you use that word, it is really a practice. It's a muscle that you build and you get better at as you go, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Much like somebody who's trying to like get over a fear of public speaking or confrontation or whatever, the more that you do it, the more that you get comfortable doing it and putting yourself first is one of the hardest things for women to do because it's it's looked at by other people as like, we feel shame and guilt about it. Um, So I think 
Oh, I mean, if you can carve time out, big or small, to to do things that are a hell yes for you, and then as other obligations, requests, uh, connections come up, just assess them in real time and and say like, is this a hell yes for me? Because if it's not, I I'll have to I'll have to get back to you. Right? There's so many polite, kind ways to say. Um, without saying yes right away, because we jump to say yes to people, I think. Mm. So if we can g- at least give ourselves a buffer, maybe it still will be a yes as you're practicing, right? Mm. Um, but if you can get in the habit of saying, hey, um, I'll have to get back to you on that, or thank you so much for thinking of me, or I appreciate the invitation or whatever the circumstances, can I get back to you in 24 hours? I need to check with my whatever. I need to make sure that this fits into my week or that I have enough time to do it or that I can fully commit to you and show up in a way that you need me to show up, right? Mm-hmm. And so that allows you some space to come and really think about it, you know, just on your own without rushing into a yes all the time. Mm, something I try to remind myself and my friends who um yeah find themselves in this situation is that I feel like people value you and your time more and I I feel like this is true for me too like I value my friendships more when they speak their boundaries and say I don't think I could give you a hundred percent because then you can find someone who can and I try to think like am am I respecting the person more by saying no and letting them find someone who can give them what they need? Or am I like actually interested and do I want to fill that role for them? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, that's a really good way to look at it. Yeah, it's really smart. Um, how has your journey been impacted by coaching other moms? It's like people say you teach what you need to learn. You know, and so for me, that's kind of where it came. That's where it all came from is that I was, um, I, I had sort of my rock bottom in the beginning of COVID where I was suffering really bad with postpartum depression. I was trying to open up uh, a retail store, but of course we didn't know what was happening in the world with the pandemic. And then my son was diagnosed with autism and everything was like, oh my God, it was crazy for me. And I realized then that like, I needed to take the reins and figure out how to get control of my mindset because I couldn't change the external stuff. Mm. And so I just learned. And I realized as I went that this wasn't geared towards my lifestyle, like the the books and the podcasts and the videos I was I was learning from, the teachers I was learning from were not in the same stage of life as me. So I got really good at like p- repackaging it for moms. And as I go and as I teach, it's like, I learn more, I teach more, I learn more, I teach more. And then I learn from my clients and I bring that in. And then I go down this rabbit hole and it's just this beautiful like cyclone of growth that happens um, and the community grows. And then we just sort of like, we all benefit, right? The more we talk about the hard stuff and the more that we dig in and find community with each other, I think that's really the sweet spot, you know, just mm-hmm. knowing that you're not alone. And there's other people who are dealing with the same kinds of things, or maybe if it's not exactly the same, that they can at least understand and support you that they're there. Right. And I feel like as we, like we collect experiences going through life and that adds into our knowledge and life story. And the more that you go out and kind of push your own boundaries, the more you're able to give to other people as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's just like any habit or like new thing you're learning, right? At first, 
it's top of mind and you have to like consciously think about it. Right. But then when it becomes a habit, it kind of goes into your subconscious mind and it's just part of you. So as you learn these new things, they just become part of you and you're able to pass them along and collect new things and store those. And it's, it becomes easy. Like you practice learning and sharing and growing. Right. Always growing and expanding your brain. <laughs> yes. 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 Changing all those dynamics and figuring out what works best for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where can listeners find more about you and get to know you and connect with you online? Yeah. Thanks. I'd love that. Um, I have a podcast as well. It's called grow like a mother and that's my tag on Instagram, Facebook, and I'm trying TikTok. you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's hard. <laughs> oh God. Uh, but yeah, so grow like a mother and then, um, livingwithheart.ca is the website where I've got free resources and different things like that for uh, anyone who wants to sort of get started on the journey of finding a community or, or, um, who's interested in starting personal development in kind of a different way. Mm, That's awesome. I will have all the links down below so people can find you easily. Thank you so much for joining me here today. It's my pleasure, Emily. Thank you for having me. Well, that is it for now, lovelies. Thank you so much for tuning in. For more tips and to join our online community off the podcast, follow Lovely Digest on Instagram and Emily Beck on YouTube. The links will be below. To join our email community and get notified of new discounts, tips, and resources, follow the link in the show notes. If you thought this was helpful or know if it might help a friend, please make sure to share it and if you feel inclined, leave a review. It really helps get these tips in front of the people who may really benefit from this community we have here. See you next week.